0: So, are y'all ready for today? Um, true story. Uh, there was w- one day this man who had worked for for years for the New York City Transit Department as a as a bus driver. Um, he went missing. Just came out missing. Family didn't know where he was. So after about twenty four hours, family started getting very worried. And and, uh, So they notified the authorities, and and this massive statewide search went on for this man, this missing man. Well, after about 10 days of him being missing, the man was found in Florida by himself, enjoying the sunshine and the ocean. When they asked him, hey, what had happened, the bus driver responded, I had had it with the cold weather. I'd had it with the passengers and I'd had it with my family. So one day, as I was clocking out from work, I got in my car and I thought, I wonder what would happen if I just took off driving in a certain direction as far as I could drive. And that's just what I did. No need to raise your hand. In fact, I prefer you don't. But how, how, how anybody ever thought about that? So frustrated. So, just aggravated that you thought, I wonder what would happen if I just jumped in my car and just took off driving as fast as I can and as far as I can. Have you ever felt that frustrated? Maybe it was with your job, with your family, a spouse, or even God, or life itself that you just thought, man, I'm just going to get out of here. Have you ever felt that frustrated? Maybe with your marriage. Maybe it's a kid that's driving you crazy. Or maybe it's a parent that's driving you crazy. Maybe it's the bills keep piling up. Or your health is failing. Maybe you've been let down or hurt or betrayed by someone. Or again, maybe just life in general. When you look at your life and what you had hoped for, it just doesn't add up to what you thought. Anybody ever felt that way? If you've ever been there, or if you're there now, and if you've never thought about that, one, you've never had kids. (laughs) If you've never thought about jumping in your feet and just driving. But if you've never been there, then this message is for you too, because I promise you, you will find yourself there at some point in your life, where you feel like just getting away. Uh, Turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 2, and we're going to be a couple different places in the Bible today, but this is our first stop. Ecclesiastes 2, the man who wrote that felt that way. Man, I just want to jump in my vehicle, or jump on my camel, and go as far as I can in that direction. And he's a man that you wouldn't think would ever feel this way, because he is a man If we were looking at him, we would say, he's got it all. The guy I'm talking about is King Solomon. In fact, when you open up Ecclesiastes chapter 2, it opens up with him talking about everything that he had. It talks about the houses he had built for himself. He talks about his vineyards, his gardens. talks about how many servants he had. He said, I own more flocks and more herds than anyone had ever owned up to that point. He talks about the gold and the silver that he had, that he had treasure of kings. He even had his own singers. That's rich. When you got your own singers, that just follow you around. then just say, hey, hey sing, sing that for me. He had his own harem. King Solomon. And here's what he has to say about his life. Ecclesiastes 2, starting with verse 10. I deny myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. But look at verse 11. But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all meaningless. Like chasing the wind. There was nothing worthwhile anywhere. And here's what King Solomon, the conclusion he came to. Verse 17. So I came to hate life. I came to hate life. Because everything done under the sun is troubling. Everything is meaningless like chasing the wind. Solomon says, at the end of the day, all the things I worked for, all the things that I thought were so important, all the things I thought I couldn't live without, meaningless. Meaningless. And he starts this out by saying, I denied myself nothing. Whatever my heart wanted, I got. Isn't that the mantra of the culture we're living in? Get whatever your eyes desire, go get it. Whatever your heart wants, who cares about it? It, 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 The mantra is, live life on your terms. I've done that. Some of you have done that. Our country is currently doing that, living life on its own terms. And how's that been working out for us? How's that worked out for you? Here we are halfway through 2022. And there are those of you that or even today or watching online, you've lived life on your own terms. You've tried a lot of different things uh, This the first half of this year. You've tried getting that new car, or that new truck or boat. You've tried getting that new toy, that new gun. Vacations, getting away. You've tried pills, liquor, powder, you name it. You've tried a different relationship, different sex partners. You've tried it. You've tried a different job. you didn't even tried different churches. But here we are halfway through this year. And maybe you're not to the point where you would say, I hate my life. Maybe you're just to that point of, man, when I look back, I thought my life would be different by now. This is nothing like I thought it would be. Nothing like I had planned it would be. King Solomon, the man that wrote what we just read, had everything, anything you could possibly want In fact, I mean, he was extremely wealthy, he was famous, get this, the Bible says he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. To say he had his fill of sex would be an understatement. I mean, he literally was living the rock star life, everything. The Bible describes him as the wisest man that ever lived and the richest man that ever lived. So the wisest, richest man that ever lived said, I deny myself nothing. If I wanted it, if I saw it and wanted it, I went and got it. says, when I look back on everything I, I, I got over life, it was all meaningless. So here's the question we've got to answer. Why was it meaningless? Because there are some of those things that are not necessarily bad or wrong. But why did he find it meaningless? It's here in this verse we just read. Read again. So I came to hate life. Why? Because everything done where? Here under the sun. Everything I was doing, everything I was living for was the immediate gratification for the right here and right now. For what I thought would satisfy satisfy me in this moment and most of us we go through life trying to be satisfied trying to be happy trying to have it all and here's the problem everything we're focusing on is under the sun under the sun living and and here's the thing because all that i can focus on is under the sun and the right here and now it's meaningless it's like chasing the wind. In other words, it gives you something to do. It may make you look busy, but at the end, man, you're just grasping at straws. Nothing. You're going to wind up with nothing at the end. So I want to give you three things that happen when you're living life totally under the sun living. And, and I think you're going to relate to these because I relate to every one of them. Even now as a pastor. I relate. The first thing, you, if you're taking notes, you might say this: I'm frustrated. Anybody said that? Right. Come on, be honest. you may have said that this morning. You may have said that when you were parking uh, parking this morning. I'm just so frustrated. Yeah. My parking place is always taken. <laughs> or you come in here, they know that's my seat. While they're sitting in my seat, I'm so frustrated. Or you find yourself, I'm just angry. I don't even know why I'm angry. I'm just angry and I'm frustrated. Well, let's look at King Solomon again. Solomon again. Jump back to chapter one of this and look what he says in verse two through four. Solomon says, Everything is meaningless, completely meaningless. What do people get for all their work? Here it is again under the sun. Generations come, generations go, but the earth never changes. Something's like, spend all my life working, spend all my life doing whatever I want. I've got nothing to show for it. When it comes down to it, nothing meaningful to show for it. It's meaningless, and I'm frustrated. The next one, don't bring it up yet. I have said this. I caught myself saying this so much. That I had to begin to preach to myself and say, "Quit saying it, quit saying it," and it's this one: "I'm tired." Come on, I'm tired. I found myself, "How you doing, PK?" I'm tired, man. I'm just tired. Been busy, things going on. Church people driving me crazy. I'm just tired. No, I didn't say. It. Well, maybe I did, but I'm just tired. And maybe you can relate. I'm just tired. I'm just tired. Look what Solomon says in verse 5 through 7. The sun rises, the sun sets, and then it hurries around to do it again. The wind blows south, then the wind blows north. Around and around it goes, blowing in circles. Rivers run into the sea, but the sea's never full. Then the water returns again to the river, flows out again to the sea. If if that's confusing, let me give you the PK version of what he just says. I go to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I mow the yard. I may hang out with some friends. I may or may not go to church on Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I go to work. Saturday rolls around, I mow the yard. I hang out with some friends. I may go to church on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And he said it was just a cycle. It was an endless cycle, the same old thing every week, week in and week out. And he said, I am just found myself tired frustrated because it's all meaningless third you might find yourself saying this i'm unfulfilled i'm just unfulfilled man i'm trying everything i'm working i'm doing everything but nothing is fulfilling me look at verse 8 of ecclesiastes 1. solomon says everything is wearisome beyond description No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. We are never fulfilled. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. He says, man, look at all this. Yet I'm still unfulfilled. I'm unfulfilled. So if you're here today and maybe you're thinking, you know what? I really don't want the second half of 2022 to be like the first half. I really want to end 2022 differently than what it started. Uh, You know, the first half of the year has been rough, but I, I, I want to finish strong. So if you're frustrated, you're tired, feeling unfulfilled, what I want for you today is to leave here with hope. 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 And here's the thing. I can tell you what to do. But if you don't do anything, you're you're going to wind up where you're at. I gave a word to a lady this week, a young lady this week. I said, you are not the sins of your father and mother unless you choose to live there. And if you choose to live there, then you will end up repeating the sins of your father and mother. But you have a choice to move on. And that's the same thing. Listen, we can make excuses to why we're at, where we're at, why we're doing, what we're doing. Or we can say, you know what? I'm done with that. It's time for me to move on. It's time for me to get moving. You know, uh, maybe you're frustrated, getting tired. Maybe you thought that certain job would fulfill you or that relationship or it would bring fulfillment, but it didn't. So again, you're frustrated, you're tired, you're unfulfilled. And if you're being honest, you're starting to wonder, is it really worth it? Is all the effort I'm putting into it really worth it? And because you find yourself in this cycle, in this pattern, or maybe you've hit a wall. Anybody know what I mean when you say, I say you hit a wall? Right? Let, me, let me see. And I know this is, this is a redundant question, but anybody here tried to lose weight? Rest of you you are just lying your teeth up. Try to lose weight. What happens general Man, you'll go into that new weight program, that workout program. The weight just starts dropping off. I mean, it's flying off. But then you hit the wall. You're putting in the work. You're doing everything you're supposed to, but nothing is working, right? Nothing is changing. And it's easy to say, you know what? Forget it. Pass me the Swiss rolls. Because you're putting in the work, but nothing is changing. Runners, uh, runners will call uh, hitting a wall said, like this is, it describes sudden fatigue and loss of energy. One, one runner that was interviewed said this when you hit the wall, you are faced with two options keep pushing forward or give up and quit when you hit that wall. Uh, John Ortberg, incredible uh, Christian author, in his book, The Life You've Always Wanted, he talks about a friend of his who decided to run the L.A. Marathon. 18,000 people were participating that year in the L.A. Marathon. He says since the marathon took place in L.A., he said you can imagine some of the characters that showed up to run this race. He said one guy uh, showed up dressed as a clown, full circus makeup. He called himself T-Bone the Clown. He said another man dressed up like a flower. He called himself Flower Man. And then he said 13 people hooked themselves together in a specially designed costume and called themselves the human centipede. Oh, was it that bad? He says this. All these contestants started the marathon. They all started. He said, before the race started, it was all fun and games. T-Bone the Clown was shaking hands with the crowd, laughing, doing his jokes. The human centipede was having more fun than what 13 people fastened together all to have. He said, then the gun sounded. The race started. He says, during the first stage of any race, the run, if you run, you'll, you'll know this. He said, the runner experiences what is called the pleasure stage. When you're in the pleasure stage, your body is loose, your heart is pumping, your blood is flowing, your head is clear, your lungs breathe deep, the birds are singing, the sun is shining, the fish are jumping, daddy's rich, and mama's good looking. He says, when you're in that stage, your body is functioning like a well-oiled machine. It's a runner's high. And he said, how long that runner's high lasts depends on the conditioning of the runner. For me, it lasts until I get my shoes tied. (laughs) Then the drudgery (laughs) begins. Is this really what I want to do today? But he said, after that runner's high, Becomes drudgery. Pretty soon, running now requires effort. Requires working. He says, if you keep running long enough, you eventually reach a point where the temptation to quit becomes overwhelming. Your feet begin to ache. The calves in your legs feel searing pain. And your lungs feel like they are on fire. Runners call this stage hitting the wall. Once again, how long it takes before you hit the wall depends on your conditioning. And he says, this is the ultimate test when you hit the wall. It tests the tenacity, the spirit, the heart, and the conditioning of the runner. It's at this point where races are won or lost. They are completed or abandoned. And this is the point where things get interesting, he says says, during the L.A. Marathon, it was at this point at the wall, when they hit the wall, T-Bone, the clown, wasn't clowning around anymore. The entire human centipede was hanging over a fence, and all 13 centipedal stomachs were revolting. The race started, he says, with 18,000 strong, happy, excited. But when the race finally ended, people were crawling. Across the finish line. The start of the race was fun. The start of the race is exciting. It's easy starting the race. The finishing is hard work. The finishing is where the glory is, and the finishing is what counts. See, to cross the finish line, you have to get past that wall. When everything within you wants to quit, when everything within you wants to stop and give up, you've got to be able to press past the wall. Anybody here hit a wall? Maybe you thought about just quitting. Maybe again it was in your marriage. Maybe it's in your job, your career, schooling. Maybe raising your children or your finances. So what do you do? when it seems nothing is working anymore? What do you do when you're trying, you're trying, but man, you're at the point where you're just ready to throw in the towel and quit. What do you do? Simple answer, don't quit. I wish it were that easy. Come on. But it's easier said than done. Turn me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is written by Paul. And when you read this chapter, uh, 2 Corinthians offers a lot of insight into Paul's life that you don't get anywhere else in in, in the New Testament. Paul opens up talking about his hardships he's had in Asia. And in fact, in verse 8 of chapter 1, look what Paul says. All the hardships we passed through crushed us beyond our ability to endure. And we were so completely overwhelmed that we were about to give up entirely. We were so overwhelmed we wanted to quit. It felt like we had a death sentence written upon our hearts. We were so overwhelmed by things that had happened. What are some of the things that happened to Paul? Somehow, wherever Paul went, he ended up in prison. Everywhere he went, he ended up in prison. Paul was actually stoned, not Colorado stoned. Some of y'all will get to that. Rocks stoned. He was shipwrecked. He spent a night and day at sea in the open water, hanging on to a piece of wood. When he finally made it to shore, he's fixing a fire and a poisonous viper latches onto his arm. Well, the, do you remember the 39 stripes that Jesus took? Remember that with the cat of nine tails? Paul got that five times. Five times. If anyone had the right to say, life is too tough, I quit, it was Paul. Paul had been through a lot. Yet look what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Therefore, now I want you to say these next five words with me. Say it, ready? We do not lose I think we can do better. Therefore, we, we do not lose heart. Lose. What, how would you like at the end of 2022 that to be your, low, your mantra right there? Hey, we went through a lot but we did not lose heart. Hey, I didn't get the promotion I wanted, but I did not lose heart. Hey, the doctor's report came back worse than what I thought, but I did not lose heart. Hey, my marriage went through hell, but I did not lose heart. Hey, my kids were about to drive me crazy, but I did not lose heart. How many would like to be able to say that? What could make Paul A man who had been through so much, faced wall after wall after wall, setback after setback. What kept him from losing heart? Well, let's read on. Though outwardly, we are wasting away. Inwardly, though, we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles. I just read you what Paul went through. Those don't sound light troubles to me. He says, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Here's what Paul is saying. The troubles, the things you are going on in your life right now, the, the secret to solving those problems is not solving those problems. The secret to solving your problems is to have something or someone bigger than the problems in your life. Are you hearing me? To have something bigger in them. Paul is like, I've got just as much to lose as any of you do. The difference is this. I have something bigger in my life than all those things I'm facing. Remember why King Solomon said he came to hate life? Because everything he was doing was where? Under the sun. Under the sun. Under the sun. It was right here right now is temporary satisfaction. Paul says, I'm not putting my focus on things that have happened to me under the sun. I'm putting my focus on eternal glory, eternal things. And he continues verse 18. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is what? But what is unseen is that word fix, when Paul says, I fix my eyes. The Greek word, skopel, here's what it means. To observe, to contemplate, to take aim at. Here's the problem. When we get hit with things in life, when things don't go the way we we'd want them to go and, or we get blindsided by life, our default mechanism is for all of our focus To go toward whatever that is. We get a bill that we weren't expecting. Now all of our focus is on the bill. Our marriage hits a crisis. All of our focus is on that. We find ourselves falling. Again, we've been clean. We've been clean for a while, but now we fail. So now all of our focus is on that falling. All our focus is on that falling away. And, And what Paul is saying, hey... All your focus is on the wrong thing. Yeah, I'm not denying those things are there. I'm not denying those things are real. Paul's like, you don't think I could fix my eyes on the shipwreck? You don't think I could fix my eyes on the time I spent in prison? On the time that I've been whipped and beaten? You don't think I could? But I'm choosing to fix my eyes, focus my eyes on something eternal. Because all that other stuff is just under the sun. Guys, what if instead of going into the second half of this year with our eyes fixed or focused on our situations, realize I'm not saying we act like they don't exist. But how about if our focus didn't just go on that, but we focused on the one bigger than those things? It's not easy to do. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. But maybe if we just start here today. Start right now. Fixing our eyes. Taking our focus off whatever's... See, some of you, you can't even concentrate up here because you've got something going on at home. You've got something going on at work, and that's where your focus is. What if right now we started focusing on the one that's bigger? What's eternal? Maybe if we could begin to fix our eyes on Jesus... Then at the end of 2022, we would be able to look back and say, Yeah, all that happened, but I never lost heart. I want to close by giving you three things you need to remember when you hit a wall, when you want to quit, when you want to stop. The first one is this don't stop praying. It's easy to stop praying. When you've been throwing prayer out, throwing prayer out, and it seems like nothing is happening. It seems it's easy. But can I tell you, prayers is the one thing that will take our focus off the temporary and remind us of the eternal. If, if we pray the way Jesus told us to pray. But a lot of us, our prayers are like we bring a big wish list to God and say, here's what I want. That's our focus is on this. If we could get our focus. uh, Look what Paul says in Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Look at this. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Focus on the things that are eternal, not on this right here. Set your minds. One writer says this about prayer. Prayer is a process where we are able to dump the junk of this world and in the process, take on a new attitude about it. When we go to God, I don't know if this ever happened to you, you go to God with an attitude and you walk away from that conversation a little different attitude. That, that happens when you pray. Is that biblical? Have you ever read any of the Psalms? David starts out a lot of his psalms, "Kill them all, kill all my enemies," and goes into graphic detail about how he wants them killed. But by the end of that psalm, he's like, "God, there's none like you. Your will." Not mine. Whatever you want. How how was David able to go from kill them all to God whatever you want? Because somewhere in between that conversation with God, his attitude, his focus shifted from under the sun living to eternal things. You know what happens in worship too? Worship does that for us. You come in here on Sunday morning, and most of time, this is our attitude. We may not say this, but we're like, my world's big and my God's small. Because we think our focus is all on everything else instead of God. But somewhere between that first song that Bob and the team sing and the last one, we're like, you know what? My God is big and my world is small. It shifts the focus. Don't stop praying. But P.K., I've prayed and I've prayed. Well, there's a great story in Luke 18 that talks about that. Where Jesus is talking about this widow who needs justice done in her favor. And and Luke 18.1 says she goes to this city judge. And this is what the Bible says about the judge she went to. It says this judge never gave God a thought and cared nothing for the people. That's not the judge you want to approach about justice. She had no connections. She couldn't say, Hey, I know you know the judge. Could you go and say a good word for me? She had no money. I know this doesn't happen nowadays, but back then you could bribe an official. Um, (laughs) I'm slay lay there. She didn't have money to do that. So what'd she do? She kept coming back, kept coming back, kept coming back. Kept coming back and finally, I love this, finally the judge is tired of seeing her face. And he looks at his servants and says, listen, I don't care what this woman wants. Give it to her just to get her out of my face. And here's what Jesus says about that, that situation in Luke 18, 6-8. Then Jesus said, do you hear what that judge corrupt as he is is saying? So what makes you think God won't step in and work justice for his chosen people who continue to cry out for help? Won't he stick up for them? I assure you he will. He will not drag his feet. But how much of that kind of persistent faith will the son of man find on earth when he returns? What is it that you're ready to quit on? What is it that you're ready to give up, throw in the towel, you keep hitting the wall? Is is it an addiction? Is it a relationship? Is it a marriage? Is Is it a sin that keeps pulling you down? Is it unforgiveness or bitterness, hurt? A child, spouse, or friend that doesn't know Jesus. Whatever it is, listen, don't stop praying about it. Be relentless in your prayer. Pray in the morning, pray in the evening, pray on your lunch break. Pray whenever you think about it, but don't stop praying. Second thing, hold on a minute. Pastor, that was good stuff. Whoa! Don't count now. Um, Number two, don't forget the why. Don't forget the why you're doing what you're doing. Don't forget the why you started this race. Don't forget the why you, I tell couples this all the time, don't forget the why that you married them in the first place. Sometimes you have to go back and remember the times and remind yourself of the why, the why. Because here's the thing when it comes to your why. If you can't remember the why, you'll never get past the wall. Can't remember the why. Why you started. You can't get past the wall. You remember Moses? When he, God told him to go to Pharaoh. How many know he hit wall after wall after wall when it came to Pharaoh? But look what Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews says about Moses. By an act of faith, Moses turned his heel on Egypt. Indifferent to the king's blind rage. He had his eye on the one no one could see and kept right on going. What kept Moses going when he hit a wall? What kept Moses going when he wanted to quit? Because he had had an experience with God that kept his mind on, this is why I'm doing this. This is why I'm moving forward. Lastly, remember the reward. Remember the reward. Uh, the last night of camp, I was sitting across Judah, i and been in son. And I saw this transaction takes place. And I recognize it because I've done it many times. And I do it now with Sonny and Juno. But, but, uh, but he, Juno's like, I want chips, I want chips. So Amanda brings him out this plate of tomatoes and carrots. And he's like, I want chips. She says, you eat that and I'll give you chips. Not another word was said. He devoured those tomatoes and those carrots. Why? Because his mind was on the reward. The chips. Sometimes we have to remember the reward when we're, we want to say quit. What is the reward for staying in that marriage when everything within you wants to bail? A deeper relationship. Better communication. What is the reward for the addict that falls gets back up, falls, gets back up, falls and gets back up, and then finally gets... What is the reward... Ask Casey. Finally, a family that trusts him, that when he says he's going to do something, he does it. Beautiful kids. What's the reward? Sometimes we have to remember the reward to keep us focused, keep us moving, keep us going forward, guys. Paul talks about this in Philippians 3. I mean, Paul is like, hey, if anybody's got a reason to brag, it's me. I mean, you read it. He says, I'm the Hebrew of Hebrews. When it comes to law, I'm a Pharisee. I know the law uh, backwards and forwards. But he says this all those things are under the sun. And when I look at them and consider all my knowledge, everything, all those things, they're meaningless, they're garbage. If you ever heard me teach this, he actually uses the Greek word "scubula," which is our American word, or we our American word for scuba is our S word. Yeah, he says that's how I think of it. That's what it is. He says I'm forgetting all the. Everything that I'm focused on, I'm going to be focused on the prize. All those other things, yeah, they were, but that's not where my focus is. I love the way the message says it. Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Paul says, I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I've made, that I haven't made. But I'm well on my way, reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all this, but I've got my eye on the goal, on the reward, on the prize, where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. Paul says, I've got my eye on the ultimate reward. It'd be easy for me to focus on this other junk. But I've got my eye on the reward. If you're anything like me, I will tell, I will tell. Have you, have you ever been guilty of telling somebody what they should do in that situation, but then you don't do what you told somebody else to do? Yeah, I'm bad about this, in this, in this aspect. Because I'm one of those, if life hits me out of nowhere, or I'm battling something, I go inward. I don't tell anybody. I don't want anybody to know I'm going to work it out myself. And I will tell, hey, no, no, you need, that's when you need people. And I have to remind myself, it's during those times that I need Casey. I need Scott, I need Pastor Ben, I need Bob, I need Harvey, I need Stacy, I need other men in here that will say, Kelly, listen, I know you want to get it up, but suck it up, buttercup. It's time to move on. There's something greater. There's a greater reward you've got to keep your eye focused on. You've got to be able to let people speak into your life like that. You know, uh, I, which I, I, told, I let Bob and Casey know this. Uh, but me and Casey and Bob and uh, Jacob are going to do this start this weight loss challenge. I, they didn't know that till the first service. So, and they're ex- they're extremely excited about it. Super happy. But i to I'll tell Denise. Hey, okay. Here's what I, here's what I'm gonna try to do. I need you to hold me accountable. Okay. And this has happened. So I'll go get something. I'll go up there. One. Listen. Don't put Swiss. You don't put at, at, a drug around an attic. Don't put Swiss rolls in my in my. Okay, I bought them, uh, but <laughs> don't give him don't give him money to buy his own drugs. So, so, <laughs> so, but she'll say, "Hey, hey, honey, you you remember what?" I'm like, "I'm a grown man. You don't tell me what I can eat." And I get mad because we don't like being held accountable. And then these will be, all right, all right, go ahead. You'll regret it later. Go ahead. But what she doesn't do is bail on me. She keeps coming, and we all need people in our life that will not bail on us when we get angry for them holding us accountable, for them saying stuff, because we all need people in our lives. Hebrews 12.1, I promise you I'm closing with this, says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that easily trips us up. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. See, here's the truth. Every individual in this room, you've got a race to run. And your race may look different from other people's. In fact, it probably will. You're going to have people that are sprinters and people that are like me. You're fast walkers. You know what I mean? Okay, slow walkers. Speed walkers, whatever they're called. I don't even know. But you're going to have different people, different places in the race. But can I tell you this? It doesn't matter. None of it's easy. In fact, who told us life was supposed to be easy? Who told us it was supposed to be simple? I mean, who who told us that? Where do we get the idea that it was supposed to be just an easy, casual stroll? Everything I look at in the Bible, nothing says that. But we need people that we want to stop, we want to quit, that will get in our face and say, don't quit. Don't give up. Keep moving. Don't quit. Don't give up. Keep moving. We need people in our lives like that. So here's what we're going to do this morning. This is going to be a great cloud of witnesses. And we're going to begin to encourage some people. And we're going to begin to tell people because I'm going to tell you, I feel like this message is right on because I have been, as what Stacy says, a season of suck in my mind where I've wanted to quit. I've wanted to say, no, I'm done. I'm done. It doesn't matter anyway what I do. And so I know this is not just for me. But there are a lot of people you need to know. Stay in the race. Stay in the game. Now's not the time to quit. Now's not the time to throw in the town. But don't quit. Don't give up. Quit. Keep running. Keep moving. If you volunteer... In any area of this church, I'm talking ushers, greeters, uh, uh, from security, our prayer team, nursery, WB kids, uh, 412, any aspect, sound, lights, singers, in any area, stand to your feet. Stand up, you volunteer. Now I want you to look around at those ain't standing and say, shame on you, you all to volunteer. No. <laughs> I wouldn't be so tired if there were more of us. All right. Hey, I need your help. And we're going to encourage. Stand up. What are you sitting down for? Did I say sit down? We're going to encourage each other. I want you sitting down. I want you to shout this. I want you, if you're standing up, to shout to somebody. And listen, this is not no. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't. No, no, no. I'm talking. This is a war cry. We're gonna tell. It's like if I'm at the gym training, I've got a I've got a train in my face. Tell me, i mean, spit getting all over me because he said it so hard. I want that. Are y'all ready? Say it. Don't, don't quit. Don't, quit. Don't, don't give up. Keep. keep
1: Say it again. Don't. don't quit. Don't give up.
0: Keep moving. All right, sit down. If you're a teacher, come on, you teach at school, stand up. Law enforcement, stand up. <laughs> Health care workers, you work in the
1: healthcare industry, stand up. Stand up. Now I want you to look at these people because they need some encouragement and tell them, don't quit, don't give up, keep moving. Don't quit, don't
0: give up. Be seated. Let's get a little personal. If you're an addict of any kind, I don't care if it's pills, powder, porn, alcohol. Some of you, listen, this, this, uh, I'm California sober, where I only drink. No, if you you know you're drunk and you get wasted drunk, listen, you've got a problem. You ought to get your feet up in the air up in the air y'all get your feet up because I'm going to encourage you because you know you don't need to be there and you need to encourage me because you fall and it's easy to stay down there but you need to know this we believe in you and don't quit don't give up keep
1: moving don't quit don't give up keep moving Where are my single moms or stay at home moms? Come on, stand up. Stand up. Single moms or stay at home dads. I don't want to leave you out, Casey.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, come on, they need encouragement. Have you ever stayed at home with a toddler before? Good Lord encourage them come on say it
1: don't quit don't give up keep moving don't quit don't give up keep moving come on now
0: where are my married couples stand up if you're married and your spouse isn't here stand up listen this culture will tell you, hey, bail. If it's not working out, bail. Leave. Move on. So couples, you need encouragement because everything around you is saying it's not worth to stay in the fight. It's not worth the stay in it. Find you something else. Find you. Move on. But I want to encourage you guys. Listen, after 31 years, me and this woman, if I, we can make it and we are as polar opposites as it can be, if we can make it 31 years, here's what it was. Let me, let me preach here for a moment. One of the things, we, when we first got married, we said, divorce will never be an option. We may scream. We may holler at each other. She may cuss and use every language in the book. Okay, that's me. That's me. Uh, but divorce will never be an option for us. You've got to have that mindset. Now, I want you to look around at somebody. Married couples, let somebody know. Say hey, don't quit. Don't give up. Keep moving.
1: Say it, don't quit. Amen,
0: amen. Come on, you may be seated. Woo! Where's my middle score? Schooler, high scores. Those in college, stand up. Come on. Come on, you're in school, get up, get up, get up. Get up, you're in school, get up. Get up, Casey, you're in school. Casey, I want you to stay standing. <laughs> hey, can I tell you, I would not want to be in middle school or high school right now. Because we bring them here on Sundays sometimes, and some of them on Wednesdays. What I speak to them 45 minutes on a Sunday, what Pastor Ben or Amanda says to them for 40, 45 minutes on Wednesday does not compare to the voices that are preaching to them every other day throughout the week. And they need to be encouraged. So I want you to look, I want you to find you a, a young person or somebody that's in school, find them, and I want you to get in their face. Come on, get in right in there. Mm. You say, it's what happens when you sit on the front row? ready come on find you somebody turn around there Julie get in her face
1: right here we got somebody let's do it don't quit don't give up keep moving don't quit don't give up keep moving come on
0: where are my single adults where are my single adults get up Get up. Get up. All the single adults. All the single adults. No. Here's the thing. Culture tells you one thing. And it's easy to get caught up in culture. And I, I tell young people this all the time. I tell co- uh, college young adults this all the time. Instead of being on this constant pursuit for that Man, that woman. Instead of trying to find the right one, why don't you take a year and allow God to make you the right one? Because here's our culture. Hey, swipe right, anything goes. Swipe right, anything goes. I'm going to tell you, God has called us to a higher standard. And you need to be encouraged because it's easy to slip into that mold and begin to do just whatever instead of saying, God, what do you want for us? Hunter, don't you settle for anything other than what God has for Are you hearing me? So I want you to look at that young adult. Look at that single adult. And I want you to tell him, you're, "Yeah, you're a single adult. Maxine, am I a single adult? I don't know. Are you? And I want you to tell him, Jan, don't quit. Don't give up. Keep moving. Now look up and say it. Come on. Don't quit. Don't give up. keep. Say it again. Don't quit.
1: Don't give up. Keep moving. Come on. Stand with me across this room.
0: Stand with me. 2 Corinthians 4, 7-9. And this is not in your notes on the screen, but I want to read it. Paul, we are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that this immeasurable power will be seen as God's and not ours. Though we experience every kind of pressure we are not crushed. At times, we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. Come on, come on. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but we are not out. Come on, come on. Go ahead and start that bomb. We may get knocked down, but we are not out. I'm telling you, when you feel like quitting, you look at yourself in the mirror and
1: say it. Don't. Quit. Don't give up. Keep saying. Don't quit. Don't give up. Keep moving. Come on, team.
0: Faithful, he is faithful. Here's what I want to do in closing out. Uh one, I want to I want to so we're gonna pray for Eleanor here. And I'll let I'm gonna let Ben and man or Amanda kind of tell you the direction when you need to go to prayer. But I also want to want us to pray for fay Man, you want one of the founding members of this church. That has, you know, been sick this week, past couple of weeks. And yes, she's home, but she's still struggling. And I want to see God completely heal her. I also want to pray for a young man named Cody. That man, we need to see a miracle in his body. It's, it's, it's on your sheet there. His mom and dad, they are part of this church. But I want to see a breakthrough in his life. And I'm going to ask you, if you believe God can heal, I want you to come up here. We're going to lay hands on Eleanor. Uh, Come up here and tell them what, what we need.